Hey friends, if you wish you weren't hearing an ad right now, then straight after you listen to this episode, head over to curiositystream.com slash not overthinking. For less than $15 a year, you get access to thousands of high quality documentaries on CuriosityStream, and you'll also get a special link to our podcast feed with all of the ads taken out. Hello, and welcome back to Not Overthinking. Taymor, how are you doing today? I'm not sure. I've tested negative for the cove. You definitely have the cove. It's, it's not definite. It's far from definite. I've had a negative PCR. I've had ne- negative lateral flows. Okay, I've had positive PCR, positive lateral flow, and you've been living with me for the last four days. <laughs> yeah, I've been isolated here because you have the cove, but it's uncertain. It's uncertain. I do have some symptoms. I have, my throat is a bit scratchy. Yeah. Feeling a bit congested. Nice. Kind of vibes. Yeah. But I can't, deci- I can't decide whether I'm just like overplaying it in my head so that I can wallow a bit and like, you know... Just it's quite nice to wallow once in a while, I think. Yeah, it is once in a while. Yeah, it's coming up to the end of the year. Good time to be wallowing. Yeah, absolutely. What about you? So you've got the cove. I've got the cove. Um, I feel like, I, I think was it last week when we did the pod, or the week before, when I said I was thriving, mm. and I was like, I'm thriving so much that life has to get worse now. Oh, I see, right. And yeah. life has gotten significantly worse since I've gotten the cove. You had it coming, yeah. Had it coming, exactly. Um, yeah, just feeling pretty grim overall, feeling very low energy not very motivated to do stuff but on the plus side i have been playing a lot of horizon zero dawn on on the playstation yes i've been seeing that and it's glorious like it's it's pretty mental that this is you what just, it, okay it looks yeah. to me like you're just going around doing the same stuff you're like shooting your bow and arrow you're killing some rabbits you're lighting some fires you've just been doing that for three days correct what what's the point <laughs> it's it's like i'm living in in nature <laughs> right <laughs> So no, given that I can't go out in nature, can't you can't go out and shoot the rabbits IRL? Correct. I would like to. Yeah, I want. I want to get good at archery, so right. I can then do some hunting and eat the rabbits and stuff. Yeah, I've never seen you just sit and play PlayStation all day. Yeah, it's it's so it's pretty weird. It's it's pretty weird. Like, well, one one thing that's really struck me is just how fun it is to just like sit there and play PlayStation all day. And that is this what is this what people do on the weekends? Mm. Like, if there's no work to do, yeah, you can just like play PlayStation and watch TV all day. And that seems like a pretty good life. It's not a bad life. So maybe I will start doing that on the weekends. Actually, you had a probably not really. You had like a gaming phase like a, a year ago or something when you were playing WoW quite a lot, right? Yeah, this was like earlier this year, like March time, February, March, April, in in sort of peak lockdown times, playing World of Warcraft quite a lot. Mm. That was pretty sick as well. But I did find that I don't know to to do to to play World of Warcraft at a reasonable level, you have to give it a lot of time. Yeah, which is kind of why I quite like something like horizon which is single player narrative driven kind of story based you can dip in and out game yeah where you don't need to log in and do your dailies every day you don't need to kind of farm dailies <laughs> yeah you know farm your freaking uh, artifact power to upgrade your weapon so that you yeah. can do raids like rock up at a certain time with your guild like that stuff was fantastic on wow and and these other sorts of games and i think similarly i don't really like the new era of fortnite and warzone-esque games because yeah. There's such a high skill cap for those. Yeah. And it's very stressful playing against other people, especially when those other people have large amounts of time on their hands to just get better at the thing. Yeah, yeah. And so, you know, back in the day when I was playing StarCraft, I was kind of dabbling around kind of gold and platinum leagues. But then I had friends who were like in the Master League and Diamond League and, you know, that kind of stuff. Yeah. And it always felt a bit like, uh, I'm kind of a bit mediocre at this game. <laughs> and so if, and to, and to get more good at it, I would have to put large amounts of time into it. Right. And given that I would rather do other things with my time, it sort of felt a bit like, why would I be playing in the Sunday leagues when I actually want to be playing in, in the higher levels? Right. Uh, 
But yeah. that's the nice thing about these single player, you know, like The Witcher or Horizon or things like that. Yeah, I do think serious gaming is a it's a young man sport. Yeah, you need to like have that. You basically need to be at school, <laughs> where you have like tons of time on evenings, weekends, long holidays, where you can just get better at the game. Or alternatively, I think working a pretty standard weekdays nine to five job, where you still also have a large amounts of time on weekends and and evenings and things. But, yeah, it, it, it just but becomes, I think when you're older, you also just naturally have more other, more stuff in your life. Yeah. Like hanging out with people and having relationships and all that stuff. Mm. Speaking of, how's that going for you? Do you want to make uh, a little announcement on the podcast? Yeah, it's actually, it's been going pretty well. I've it's been going pretty well. I've been seeing someone for a few months. Oh, hello. Yep. We're uh, we're in love. Okay. Yeah, that's a good thing. We got a good thing. Interesting. <laughs> yeah, what else would you like to know? Um, what would you not like to share? Sorry? What would you not like to share? I think I'd like her identity to remain private. Uh, okay. Can I ask how you met? <laughs> yeah, we met through friends. We kind of had shared set, shared social circles. Mm. Yeah, so not through not through Hinge or anything like that. I, I I did a bit of that, but not with much success. I see. And you're in love. Yeah. What does that feel like? What does it feel like? I don't think I'm going to be able to do it much more justice than just like, oh, it feels really nice, you know. <laughs> I think a lot of a lot of ink has been spilled about trying to describe it. And I don't think I'm going to do a better job. But you have a certain way with words, at least for listeners on the of the pod. <laughs> Why don't you give it a go? It feels really um, nice. And honestly, I don't think I have. <laughs> I don't think I have much more than that, mate. <laughs> All right, let me think. I mean, I think there's like a back, there's like a sort of a background level of being in love. And then I think there are moments when you kind of feel it more consciously, mm. you know? So it's like maintenance dose, and yeah. then occasionally you get like a, a spike. Right, yeah, something like that. Okay. And I think in the in the sort of, in the moments where you feel it more consciously, I don't know, you just feel all like gooey inside, you know? Gooey? Yeah. What do you mean by that? I just feel like my insides are like mush, basically, okay. yeah. And I just want to like turn into a little ball of goo. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a ball of goo? Yeah. And then I think the the sort of the background level of yeah of just kind of being in a relationship and you know being in love and all that it's just like a it's just like a nice thing that permeates your life you know what do you mean a nice thing that permeates your life it's like like I I, I guess what I'm asking is outside of the context of a relationship what what other comparators comparisons can you draw. I'm not sure, really. I think I kind of imagine it as like... I wouldn't say it's like a completely new dimension of existence. Okay. Maybe maybe, maybe that'll happen at some point down the line. So I wouldn't say it's like a new dimension. I mean, I think it definitely has a lot of, you know, a lot of the nice parts of just kind of having a close friendship with someone. And then also, I think there's something really nice about the reciprocity of it, you know, just knowing that the other person feels the same way, you know? I think that's quite nice. Um, and that's that's really nice in a friendship as well. Like it's a really magical moment where, when like even with a platonic friend, like you both just kind of know that you you both have feel like it's a special thing. Yeah, it's like when you when it comes to deciding who to live with the following year at university. Yeah, 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 and exactly. Yeah, you like want to ask them, and but you also are on. So there's a bit of ambiguity about whether they will want to live with you as well. But then there's that moment where. Like should we should we be each other's yeah yeah each other's people yeah yeah, yeah. and then they're like yes <laughs> <laughs> yeah so I think it's you know it's it's a bit like that I I wouldn't say I'm trying to think are there aspects of it that feel completely novel and unlike 
other stuff. Yeah, I'd say the kind of gooey feeling. That's not really something I've I've ever gotten outside of outside of this. Okay. And to reiterate, the gooey feeling was you wanting wanting to turn into a ball of goo. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah, I'd say that's that's kind of. What's it like doing nothing versus doing something with the person? Let's call her Jane. When you and Jane are just hanging out, not really doing anything, what's that feeling like relative to when you and I don't know Arthur or Adrian are hanging out, just doing nothing? I'm not sure. We haven't done nothing too much. Do you mean do you mean like literally doing nothing of just like do you mean like going on a walk or do you mean like sitting? I mean, just like on a sofa, s- sitting on a sofa and just vibing. Yeah, it's. I think it's. It's like, it's directionally. It's it's directionally similar, but it, there's just like an extra level of niceness to it. You know, an extra level of niceness. Yeah. Okay. That's what I'd say. Um. No further questions, Your Honor. Woo. <laughs> 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 oh, actually, okay. I've I've got one. What are the What are the downsides? I wouldn't really position it as downside. I say the. I say it's more like trade offs, right? Okay. Sure. What are the trade offs? I think I definitely spend less time with my other friends now okay now that i'm in a relationship um but it is quite nice because we have a lot you know we have a lot of shared friends and stuff like that so we often hang out together in in a group um i'd say that's kind of the main one yeah i'd say that's kind of the main one and then i think just the usual stuff that like that comes with caring about someone else where like you know if they're sad or whatever then you know you're also kind of sad because because they're sad and so there's there's that kind of thing that happens but i i don't think that's like a negative thing i think sadness is always, is often like positioned as this sort of one one dimensional bad feeling mm. but I don't, I don't really see it that way okay what are the good parts of feeling sad like what why is it not a bad feeling i think it's not a bad feeling because it um because of like the human connection piece of it you know okay so feeling sad on your own might be bad but feeling sad with someone else feels sometimes like not I amazing. Think no, but like feeling not sad bad. because like you care about someone else you know like if if you were given the option of like oh would you never want to feel that again you'd probably say no i wouldn't want to feel that because there is something something else there right mm. okay have you done anything major to upset jane in the last few months have i done anything major to upset jane <laughs> we, we've we've or minor been, We've been meaning to do a relationship review. Um, I sort of, you know, sit down and analyze how things are going. Oh, you have? Stuff, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. We haven't done it yet. Maybe we'll do it this week. Why haven't you done it yet? I mean, we just haven't got around to it. It just, it feels like we very rarely even just get time for ourselves to hang out. There's always something going on. Okay. And this upsets Jane. Sorry? And this has upset Jane? No, no. I'm saying, I'm saying in, in terms of anything major... Oh, so you don't know if there's anything major because you haven't done a review, right? Yeah, we'll we'll see. we'll find out post review. <laughs> okay, um, so maybe on the on, on the podcast next week we can we can find out what the results of that review were. Maybe strong maybe on that one. <laughs> <laughs> why Why do you want to do a relationship review? I think it's just good to take stock of things. I think like yeah, it's just like de- deliberate communication. You know, like there's stuff that may not be communicated. Yeah, there's there's stuff that might just not come up. There's stuff that might be difficult to bring up or whatever unless there's like a structure within which like you're, you're basically told like hey bring this thing up mm. yeah how about that that seems reasonable cool um i was trying to think anything else our uh, our audience might want to know yeah i'm a bit disappointed i would have i would have thought i'd have some like you know some better insights you know some more theories you know i would have thought like <laughs> you're like all right guys here's the deal here's yeah. the deal i've got it i've got it i've got it um 
It's sort of like dot dot dot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would have I was expecting something like that as well. Yeah, honestly, mate. Actually, all right, here's one thing. There we go. Come on. I would say this is a downside. I wouldn't even say this is a trade-off. I think I'm I'm getting back in the game now. But I think definitely for the first few months, uh for the first like couple of months, my my Twitter brain was just completely switched off. I the just had, brain. I had nothing going on up there. I had nothing worthwhile to say on what, Twitter. What's a Twitter brain? You know, just like the 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 brain that like thinks of tweets <laughs> in the background of life, you know? Okay. <laughs> I just had nothing going on up there. <laughs> and you and you put that down to the relationship. Yeah, genuinely. Now this is a well documented fact on uh, on Twitter. Everyone knows that like once you like get into a relationship or fall in love or whatever, the posting the posting brain. <laughs> the post is braided. So <laughs> Yeah. Oh, no, just, hence your tweet. Sorry, sorry about the lack of good tweets recently. I'm in love. Yeah, that wasn't just. That's like, a, I think that's a real fact. It's well documented. Like everyone knows this is a thing. I see. And I think it's a downside. You think it's think, a downside? I think it's a lot. It's a loss. Okay. It's an L. Yeah. Would you take the L for the sake of the relationship? You know what? <laughs> we'll have to see. <laughs> yeah. We'll see. Post review. I, I think I'm getting back. I'm getting back on the posting. Um, well, have you posted anything recently to make up for the for the break? I've had, I've had some good I've had some good tweets in the past couple of weeks, but there's there's also confounding factors. I think things are getting busier at causal and you know stuff like that, and so it's hard to say exactly. But I think the the suppression of the poster's brain as a result of a relationship is well known, and it 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 was difficult. It was difficult. It was difficult. I'm sorry you had to go through that. Um, well, if anyone else has any more questions about Tamil's uh, relationship, please do leave them in the comments on the YouTube video. And maybe we'll do an episode where we address those. <laughs> strong maybe on that one. Strong, <laughs> strong maybe. Um, so you said things are going getting busier at Causal. What's, what's been going on? Um, lots of stuff going on. We're just kind of growing the team. We're sort of switching out of the, the zero to one mode of like getting stuff up and running for the first time and now switching into sort of scaling mode where I'm going to be taking a step back from a lot of the day-to-day stuff and trying to hire people who can sort of lead different functions like sales and stuff like that. Yeah, a lot of a lot of hiring to be done. So how many people do you have at the moment? We're 11 people right now. And how many do you want to have in the next by the next like three months? Next three months, we, we would like to get to about 20. We need to get to about 50 by the end of next year. Uh, oh. To hit our sort of plans How do you and know targets, uh, you kind of just work backwards from like, okay, where do we want to get to, um, and then what do we need to get there and stuff like that. You know, like so does that look like where do we want to get to? We want to get to I don't know, ten million in annual recurring revenue. Therefore, we need yeah. So, so yeah, you kind of have you have like, worth X amount. Yeah, you have you can have like a revenue target from that. You can w- sort of work backwards to figure out okay, if we want to do that, how many salespeople do we need? If each salesperson sells X amount of causal per you know, per year, how many salespeople do we need? Um, and then, yeah, that's that's kind of one one side of it. And then the other side is more on like the product and engineering side, where you just kind of have a sense for like, okay, this X Y Z is like we're really resource constrained. It would be great if we could have like two people just to focus on the data integrations or something. And like we don't have any designers right now, so we need a designer. Mm. We don't have any marketing function, and so we need someone to come in and build that out you know, people operations, HR, all of this kind of stuff. Okay. So you sit down with Lucas and you're like, all right, cool. We, if we write down lists of all of the people we want to hire over the next year, that adds up to around about 50 in total. Yeah. Over the next 12 months. Yeah. That's Damn, that's quite a lot of people. Yeah. It does sound like a lot of people. Yeah. What's, what's the whole, what's the, what's the deal with profitability versus not when it comes to the startup? It's not a huge priority. I mean, it, it would be nice to get there. I mean, I think, I think if we can hit our targets for next year, like, with with 50 people or so 
Like we should. I, I'd like. I'd like for us to get to the point where we could be profitable if we wanted. Okay. In in the sense that like you know if we decide to stop growing the team and we keep growing revenue, then like we become profitable. It'll be nice to reach that point where it's kind of a choice. Okay. And I think I think the economics do work out. Like you know. Uh, in terms of the number of people it takes and how much money we make, I think I think the economics are fine. Uh, in terms of like, do we want to be profitable immediately? The trade-off is basically like, you can be super lean and try and be profitable. Like, if we wanted to be maximally profitable, uh, you know, it would probably just be a team of me and Lucas and maybe one other person. Yep, and we'd be like quite profitable. Like, but the trade-off is like, if you hire more people, you're obviously spending more money on salaries. Mm. People take a while to ramp up and to start producing positive ROI for the business. And so you, you'll be unprofitable in, in the short term, but having having that extra firepower can let you grow more quickly and stuff like that. So I, I feel like as long as there's a clear path to profitability, um, and you know, for the kind of thing we're doing, where it's like a B2B SaaS software as a service thing, yeah, it's fine. So there is a clear path to profitability? Yeah, I think the economics, just the economics of the business in general just work out fine. Well, what do you mean by that? Like, what do the economics? Well, just 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 like how much we charge customers, how much resource it takes for us to like get a new customer on board, all of that okay. kind of stuff. So, eventually, if you wanted to, it should theoretically work out. Yeah, Fine. yeah. I don't think but that's for now. Point. You have money in the bank through funding rounds. Yeah, which then allows you to be unprofitable for oh, yeah. X number of Un- years. Unprofitable in the short term. Yeah, exactly. Oh, excuse me. Um, Something is getting busier, and you're. Duh. Are you doing less salesy type stuff? How's, how's your calendar looking these days? My calendar's looking a lot better these days, but I think in the new year it'll start looking pretty packed again because I'll be doing lots of hiring stuff. But that's that's good fun. Yeah, fair play. Um, anyway, I was thinking, because given that it's towards the end of the year, um, it's always good to do one of these like annual review type things. And so one of my mates, Dan Dan Morisoto, who's a CEO of a company called Heights which is a brain care supplement, um, which I use on the daily. Anyway, uh, Dan has sent me this uh, annual review template that he and his partner, he and his wife, do every year. Nice. Um, and so I thought we'd just bash through some of the questions and have a bit of a discussion. So, um, like, part one is reflecting on the past. And so the first couple of questions are like, you know, 10 years ago, what did your life look like? Five years ago, what do you like? One year ago, what did your life look like? So that's all fairly, like, old stuff. Um, in fact, I think that might be interesting. So, 10 years ago you where were you what were you doing who were you with how did you feel and how was your life then 10 years ago so 10 years ago i was 16 years old uh right now this time last year yeah yeah Uh, this time 10 years ago this time 10 years ago so i would have been what year year 11 no yes year 12 year 12 yeah i would have been year 12 this time last year coming up to christmas um i was working on some random website projects yeah, my life basically looked like go to school, come home. I had my great little desk set up. I was so happy with that. I had like a nice corner desk, had my dual monitors. I'd come home, sit on sit on Skype call with the boys from school. And we'd just kind of hang out on the computer in the evenings, occasionally play video games. I'd work on my little little coding projects, things like that. Um, that was basically my life back then. I think in year 12, if I'm to think about how was I feeling about things? I think that at the start, the start of year 12 was that there was... It was a time of like uncertainty because um, like a few people had kind of left the school. We had a bunch of new people in the school. Just the dynamic had changed quite a lot. And I think at the time I, I remember feeling like one of my really close friends um, 
we know he and I sort of grew apart and he sort of found some other friends and stuff like that. And, you know, I also kind of found some, some new friends and, you know, maintained some old ones. So I think, I think the first few months of, of year 12, I think I was a little shaky on the friendship front as to like who, who, you know, who I was hanging out with. I think there was a bit of turmoil around that. Um, but yeah, apart from that, that was probably what my life looked like. What did your life look like 10 years ago? So 10 years ago, I was 17. So I would have been in year 13. Um, I would have just had my, well, not just, I would have had my Cambridge interviews and had been awaiting a result from them. Because I think that came in January. Um, so I had, I would have had those in November. I think because it was year 13, it was like, you know, the final huzzah school-wise. Yeah. Um, probably would have had mocks coming up in January. And so I was probably doing some level of st- revising for those. Um, I think this was the time when I was still playing World of Warcraft quite a lot with my friends Chris and Omar. Mm. So on average, we'd play, I don't know. How things have changed. <laughs> <laughs> and I play single player PlayStation <laughs> with no friends. <laughs> um, I think actually Chris and I were part of a, a raiding guild. And so we would join um, a few times a week to take down Deathwing and, and stuff like that. Yeah. Which was pretty fun. That's pretty and then he and I would be on a Skype call while we were on TeamSpeak at the same time mm. with the rest of the guild. And there was this guy called John, who was a frost mage. Yeah. Who, and uh, no, he was an arcane mage because at the time arcane was how you did uh, yeah. the highest DPS spec. Yeah, I was an arcane mage myself. And we'd, back in the day. And we'd look at the, the, the damage meters. There was this plugin called, add-on called Recount that yeah. lets you add up damage. <laughs> and we'd be kind of failing at trying to kill Deathwing. And we'd just be thinking, well, what the hell is John doing? <laughs> and we'd look at his like little thing, and he's he's casting Frostbolt. And it's like, why the hell is an arcane mage casting Frostbolt? We'd we do a little right right click inspect on his character and be like, he's decked out in like really solid gear. Like he's got better gear than me and Chris. I was called Sephiroth, and Chris was called Roggle. I was a warlock. He was a hunter. And uh, Roggle and I would always top the damage meters despite having like less good gear because we were like on it in terms of like. You know, theory, rotation, theory yeah. crafting and yeah. spell rotation and stuff. Whereas freaking John had better gear than us. Yeah. And he's like number six on the damage meters. Yeah. Uh, you know, only a little bit higher than the healers. That's <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> like, why is John casting Frostbolt? Yeah. And so Chris and I would be complaining about this on Skype, being like, this this tentacle of Deathwing isn't dying fast enough. Why? What's going on? Yep, all of our DPS is good. Oh, no, except John. <laughs> so I distinctly remember that being like a... a st- did you give John the feedback? How did you handle oh, that? Oh, no. <laughs> Wait, what? No, he was he was some he was some like adult dude. He was a rando in your in your raid. He was a rando in our guild, but he was like IRL friends with like the guild master and stuff. It seemed, and you couldn't just say like, "Bro, you're an arcane mage." Uh, oh well, you know, occasionally arcane missiles. <laughs> uh, well, quite yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think Chris did try and message him one time, be like, "Hey, you know, just taking a look at your rotation, just wondering what the, what the rationale is behind using frostbolt." And he said, "Oh, it's it's a DPS increase." <laughs> <laughs> a damage per second increase and chris was like um i'm pretty sure it's not but okay like you know if someone's going to be adamant that as an arcane mage casting frostbolt is the way forward yeah. <laughs> like what can you do um so that was a frustrating <laughs> so that probably answers the question of how did i feel back then <laughs> um yeah i think like a lot of it a lot of year 13 this the, this sort of time before the university decision time was sort of sort of felt like a bit of a waiting game of yeah this is like a decision that's going to shape the course of my life yeah and there's nothing really i can do about it from now on therefore let's just i yeah. don't know enjoy life or something yeah yep. yeah what was your what did you think like at the time what did you think the world of work and like that that kind of stuff would look like because i think 
I think my view in year 12 was just like completely uninformed, just like completely, you know, like there was a website, I think it was called like careers.ac.uk or something. And it had like a list of jobs. And my, my like mental model for like the world of work was like, okay, well, those are the jobs. <laughs> I guess you got to pick one of those. <laughs> um, and I remember I also went to some like, uh, the, the, the sort of accounting qualification board did some like little events at our school. And I went to that, uh, you know, just to learn about, I felt like I, I, I did feel some sense of like, oh, I should learn about careers, you know, kind of thing. Um, and I think I had a sense of like, okay, well, I know like finance is a thing. And then these guys, these like, uh, the others like accountancy type, uh, people came in and did, did a little event and I went to that and I was like, okay, interesting. Maybe I'll be an accountant. <laughs> that was, that was kind of the thinking around year 12 about this stuff. I did, I, th I think I didn't really know that tech was a career at this point. Mm. I, well, I knew that startups existed, but I think for whatever reason, it just, it felt like, like, you know, that's not what I'd be doing. That's not like, you know, this is, I, I make websites for fun on the side or whatever, but like, I wouldn't do that as a career. Mm. And I, I think I had a vague sense of like, oh yeah, I'd want to like do my own thing and start a company at some point. Yeah, I think my sense of careers was, I, I, I really wasn't thinking about it. I think as a medic, you don't really have yeah, to think about careers. Sort of. You're just sort of like, I just need to get into med school. And you don't even really like. I, w I wasn't even really thinking about what thinking about what the career would look like beyond that point. Yeah, yeah. And even though I had done some kind of cursory work experience here and there, I couldn't really imagine like what I would have imagined at the time of what a, being a doctor looks like was pretty radically different to what being a doctor actually looks like. Yeah. And I would not have imagined that eighty-five percent of the job would be me sitting in some tiny office using Windows ninety-five <laughs> to type out things <laughs> and write a discharge summary. Mm. Um, and but it, it, that I think, I think as a medic, you just don't really think about that. You're just sort of focused on the med school thing. Yeah. And the med school thing is so long; it's like six years of your life. That's basically the same amount of time that you're in secondary school. Yeah. And so it was more mostly a case of let's just figure out a way to make this happen. Okay. Um, I think I did know at the time, did I know at the time that I wanted to do something, I, I wanted to keep up like the coding stuff because mm. I've been doing that for a while. I knew that I wanted to keep up the coding stuff and I think my rough theory at the time was I want to become like super legit as a doctor and also keep up the coding thing so that if I then want to make something cool, mm. then I'll be able to use my coding prowess to apply to the medical field right, right. to do some kind of medical tech type stuff. Yeah. I think this was the era before the phrase med tech was like really a thing. So I, d I didn't have that phrase in my mind, but I just sort of had that rough, rough conception. Yeah. Um, but it was mostly a case of the, yeah, the next thing I could envision was what it would be like studying at Cambridge, having kind of yeah. been there for a, few, a couple of times for open days and things and thinking, okay, cool. That would be sick. I just need to get in. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that was that really. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. How was life then? Like then? Life was pretty good, I guess. I don't think I really had any major major concerns i think at the time i was tutoring at this study center called kumon i was doing like maths tutoring i was also doing some private tutoring on the side mm. where i was making like 15 pounds an hour doing yeah, like yeah. A gcse and a level tutoring mm. and i really felt like a baller because mm. i'd be making i don't know 100 quid a week yeah or something and 100 quid a week at that age is a lot of money yeah yeah um and yeah, that was when I was saving up for a MacBook. It was like, oh, uh, yeah, nice. Uh, that was that was my saving up for MacBook days. I think uh, around around year thirteen, I actually started having female friends for the first time as well. Mm. Like there was, 
a group of other sort of Asian nerds in the girls' school adjacent to us, mm. who I kind of got to know through a friend of a friend. Yeah, how was that? That was that was like quite fun. It was like we would do stuff like go boating and like mm. go to random restaurants and like go to the seafront and stuff. Yeah, with this group, um, and it it felt very different to hanging out with the lads really but also like similar similar but different how um, much of it was just like the feeling of coolness of having female friends oh a large amount yeah okay yeah you know the feeling of coolness of having female friends feeling a feeling of like oh the these female friends are actually fairly similar to the lads in that they're human beings mm. um but it was also i i, th- I think i was putting on a more social front than i would have around around the lads okay because right. amongst the lads I wouldn't. I wouldn't have. I, 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 I wouldn't have been actively interested in their lives. I wouldn't have been like, "Oh, so hey, but how was your weekend?" Uh, okay. Yeah, Whereas yeah, yeah, I would yeah. be saying that kind of shit. Yeah, to, yeah. <laughs> you know. I bet you would. <laughs> so, <laughs> so yeah, man. Life was good. How was your weekend? What a line. <laughs> All right. Five years ago. Five years ago, I was twenty-one. I'm in the third year of uni. Well, that would have been 2016, third year of uni, Christmas holidays. Um, it's hard to remember the specifics of what I was going through at that time. If it, if it was the holidays, I would have probably oh, been... We, we were, in fact, in Pakistan. Oh, really? I have some photos. This is the benefit of Apple photos. <laughs> oh, amazing. And just, like, tells you what you were doing. So I guess we went to Pakistan that winter. We were in Pakistan that winter. Oh, do you remember this? Yeah, I vaguely remember these pictures. Um, but yeah, broadly, what was your what was happening in your life around then? Um, oh yeah, I mean, I think one if I think in on that Pakistan trip, I had like literally one of the happiest moments of my life so far, which is that we have um, we have a niece and nephew who at the time were probably like three and four years old or something, and um, and they're just like super cute, and I'd befriended I'd befriended them, I'd befriended them when I met them for the first time on that trip mm. at like one little event. And then I think the next day or something, or a couple of days later, we went to their house for another like lunch or something like that. And like I was really looking forward to seeing them again and hanging out with them. And I wasn't sure how they felt about me at this time, at this point, you know. Mm. And then when I walked in, um, the, the 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 niece, she just kind of ran up to me and gave me a hug, oh. and it was the best thing ever. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> yep one of the hi- one of the highlights of my life right. <laughs> so that's what was going on with your life <laughs> yep that was uh that was pretty good i'm very happy to hear that thank you um what else was going on in late 2016 you were third year of uni yeah i think i was probably like oh yeah i think i decided for, for the third year in a row i decided okay i'm gonna take i'm gonna take my education seriously now <laughs> oh okay <laughs> and i'm gonna like do my you know I go to lectures, do all the do all the homework and all that stuff, and like revise in the holidays, things like that. I think I was also quite into hackathons. I think in January, in January, my buddies and I we went to a hackathon in <coughs> at UPenn, and we did like just in the middle of term, we did like a little trip to New York for the weekend, and went to this to UPenn for this hackathon, and they they like paid for all the flights and stuff like that. So it was really just an excuse to do a bit of traveling, and so we did that, and that was that was quite fun. I think that was that was probably that. Oh, yeah, I also went on like a trip to Greece with the, with the lads in that sort of Christmas holidays. Mm. Yeah, I think that was the point. Yeah, sort of after second year was the point at which I think I started going traveling with friends quite a lot. And I think it was like a bit of a mindset shift where previously I wouldn't have considered that an option of like, oh, yeah, we can just like go to New York for a weekend or something. 
Um, but yeah, I think there was some something mind expanding about realizing that that is an option and kind of doing more of that. And how were you thinking about your career? Because you were third year, you're sort of a few months away from graduation. Yeah. Um, how was I thinking about my career? Yeah, so I think at the time I wanted to... I think I was pretty set that I wanted to go into tech. So I think in, in second year, I'd done like some very brief sort of internships in like finance and they just seemed kind of boring. And I did like an internship over the summer at a tech company. And I, yeah, I think I was pretty clear of like, okay, this tech thing is a real career path and this this is what I want to do. And so I think at the, at the time I was trying to find like an internship to do in the summer after my third year. And I think ideally I wanted to, <clears throat> I wanted to do it in, in San Francisco or the Bay Area where all the startups were and stuff and just see what the vibe is. Uh, and so, and I was also organizing this like Silicon Valley trip with a bunch of people from uni. Um, there was maybe like 10 or 11 of us. And so I would have been in the midst of organizing that. And I think I saw that, I saw that as like a good opportunity to kind of network and meet some cool people and maybe find some opportunities that way. Um, and yeah, that, that ended up happening. I ended up out there over the summer for like three months with with a, a solid bunch of people which is quite a good experience um and then i decided to come back for fourth year and do some more maths so yeah career plans were broadly like need to want to have some kind of tech startup sort of job want to do my own thing shortly after working for a couple of years solid what was your career plan um so i would have been in i would have just started my fifth year of med school 2016 yeah that's right i would have just started my fifth year um I was in the midst of co-directing the hospital pantomime, mm. uh, which took up large amounts of time. Basically took up all my free time at the time, which was super fun. And at the same time, we were on placements. So I think at the time I was like back and forth between like Cambridge and a place called Bedford. Mm where i was doing like, i think you previously disparaged bedford on the podcast have actually I? in one of the very early episodes i think you described bedford as some like random town in the middle of nowhere like bedford it's a pretty random that was quite entertaining oh right <laughs> yeah i think no yeah no i think i think i think at the time i i, I wasn't quite in bedford yet Okay. I was still in Adam Brooks doing in, in Cambridge doing like specialist medicine and specialist surgery placements and stuff uh, while really not, not going in very much and doing pantomime stuff. I think I was doing a lot of, I, w- I was also quite big into hackathons and things, mm. but I'd, I'd, I'd attended a few like medical themed hackathons. Yeah. And I think at the time was working on some sort of plastic surgery esque startup type thing with some people that I met at a hackathon, which was taking up decent, decent amounts of time. I was doing some like, user interface design for this other med tech company uh while at the same time yeah just hanging out with hanging out with mates and living the life i think at the time i was also dabbling with the idea of starting a youtube channel and so i had all i got all the camera gear and things and i wanted to be a musical youtuber Mm. so i had like a piano in my room and we'd have jamming sessions with me and some of my friends like sahel and Catherine, who, who you know and a few others and i think around that time started thinking about recording some songs um and so yeah i remember doing a sort of guitar cover of thinking out loud with our friends hell um recording a few covers with another friend Duranko, which are all on the channel recording a cover of payphone with Catherine, which is on the channel it's like this is like super super early days of what prompted of YouTube. The, like making music videos on youtube i've been wanting to do this since like 2010 Oh, really? um, ever since I discovered Kurt Hugo Schneider and Sam Tui and that lot on YouTube, these mm. kind of professional cover artists. Yeah, it does seem like they were... Yeah, I remember looking at that thing, man, these guys are having a blast. 
yeah i wanted i wanted to be that guy i I wanted to be the next coach schneider where i would i had all these friends who were very good at singing and i knew that i could i was reasonable at maths and people say that like music theory is a lot of math stuff and i was like it seems cool to be able to play lots of instruments so i want to teach myself how to play all these instruments and then record covers of popular songs with with my friends Yeah, yeah and it just took kind of years to even remotely get to the point where I actually just did it. And I kept thinking every summer, it's like, okay, because it's summer holidays now, this is when I can really start my uh, okay. my YouTube so, career. Start my music career. Yeah. Exactly. Can you focus on my music? Yeah. <laughs> um, and then it would always just end up not working. I think part of the reason... What do you mean that, not working? Not working as in just like arranging logistics for friends to come over to actually record a song. Oh, uh, okay, okay. Or just be proved to be too much of a, a friction mm. to actually get anything done. And I think if I'd pushed for it harder it would have been doable. But I think this is one of the dangers with starting a project that is reliant on other people being equally passionate about it yeah. as well. Whereas when the YouTube channel actually started and started to be a proper thing, it was very much a solo endeavor. Right, yeah. Where um, I, think, I, 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 think, I think similar to a podcast where if you're reliant on two people showing up each week, yeah. unless, for example, those two people are brothers and live like within reasonable proximity of one another where they're going home on the weekends and stuff, it, it's actually very hard to yeah. coordinate people's schedules to do a joint thing at a regular cadence Mm. um for various reasons youtube career started around (laughs) kind of the 2016 mark uh 2016 2017 mark and that was how i learned to edit videos for the first time of like Mm. you know premiere pro editing tutorial on youtube and putting stuff together and being like okay let's add black bars on the top and the bottom to make it look more cinematic cinematic. let's add like a color grade yeah yeah, oh teal and orange seems (laughs) to be the way forward all right cool let me do some some other filter presets exactly Um, so there was all that stuff that was going on, pantomime, various projects. I think at the time I was still thinking I wanted to do plastic surgery as like a specialty. And so that's quite competitive. So I was doing some lots of like gearing up of my CV to head in that direction. I think I was in the process of writing up a paper or submitting it to a journal that I'd done the previous year and lots of sort of things running in parallel. Yeah. But broadly life was good. Felt pretty, pretty solid. And a good group of friends. Was I in a relationship at the time? Late 2017? I don't think so. No. Um, I think I was... And did, I, I don't even know if I was on the apps. I must have been. I must have been on the apps. No. 2017? 2016? 2016. Definitely not me. I don't think you were on the apps in 2016. I remember being on the apps on some of the placements. And being like, oh, I wonder what what's what's available in Ipswich. <laughs> you know, that kind of. <laughs> <laughs> what are we talking delivery? What are we talking about? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I think we're we're talking about just eat because <laughs> delivery was too premium. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so broadly, that was going on. That was that, that's what was going on in life. Nice. I think we're going to have to take a break there and continue next week. We've got to crack on, crack on with things. It's the middle of the workday right yeah. now. All right. Cool. Um, but this, this, I think I like the review format. I think we mm. should, we should continue next week. Yeah, maybe so we have week lots after. more questions to discuss in the review. Yep. All right. Good stuff. Maybe to, to end, I'll uh, read out a review. Uh, this is a review from Melvin Mel 7 in Great Britain. Uh, it's entitled "Excellent." It's a five star review. This is such an underrated podcast. I've been listening now for over two years and find it an excellent excellent balance between chit chat, interesting content, and even find it somewhat motivating. Both excellent for a dog walk or while at work. Love it. Thank you, Mel. Glad you like it. Great. Thanks very much, Mel. Thanks, everyone, for listening. And we'll see you next week. Bye-bye.